Have you ever met someone that later you wished you hadn't met? Nervous laughter a little bit there. Have you ever met somebody that later on you're like, I wonder what life would have been if I had not met them? Uh, yeah, yes, the, 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 some nodding heads there. See, here's the thing. Um, maybe that hits a little too close. So have you ever had your kids meet somebody that you wish that they had never met? Like they just wish that they had not been in the same class with so-and-so. Have you ever had a friend meet, uh, have a friend that, that you wish that they never had? Or your spouse meet someone that they wished, you wish they'd never met before? It's a funny thing, but see, chances are if you consider your uh, regrets in life, if you think back to your, your greatest regrets in life, <laughs> my guess is you were not alone, that maybe you were not alone as that regret unfolded, and I'll take another guess that you probably weren't with your enemy, although it would seem that your enemy might get you into so much trouble. You actually, it's interesting, we'll talk about this in a couple minutes, we don't get in trouble with our enemies. Who do we get in trouble with? Our friends, the people we trust, the people we are closest to. You could say it this way, it's the folks that we have met that are part of our greatest regret. And that's just kind of a thing. Like, that's just kind of a true statement. Um, and here's the, the reason that this is so important and the reason why it's part of this series is because what we're going to talk about today is because of this dynamic of the trouble that we can get into with our friends, with our, uh, our associates, people who are closest to us, we need to have guardrails around our friendships. We need to have guardrails when it comes to our, we need relational guardrails. We're in this series called Guardrails, and we all know what a guardrail is. It's a, guardrails are a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas, right? We see them all the time. I mean, can we talk about the, the, the construction in Denver right now? It's insane. It's like half of the, half of the interstates have those cement guardrails that are up, you know, the, the portable temporary ones. Those are, those are, we see guardrails in places like that, in places of construction, bridges, medians, curves, anywhere there's an unexpected change, right? You'll see a guardrail so that if, if um, you don't get the memo or you don't make the adjustment in time, you, instead of going off of a cliff or going into oncoming traffic or somewhere, someplace that's dangerous, you actually hit the guardrail instead and it, you, you damage your car, right? But you might save your life. It, it, guardrails are meant to minimize damage. Their guardrails are placed in areas that a lot of times you could drive if there wasn't a guardrail there. But they put them in safety areas to keep you, to, put a, to, to create a margin of error between us and the, dangerous, uh, the dangers of, of driving. See, but the series premise, the, this thing, uh, the series called Guardrails, the premise of it is we don't just need guardrails on highways. We need guardrails in other areas of our lives as well. We said it the first time we were together for this series that what we see plainly in the world of driving, we sometimes miss in the other areas of our lives. The fact that we need uh, some margin of error between us and, and financial ruin. We need some margin of error between us and some of the professional decisions that we need. We, we need some margin of error between all these different 
things in life. And here's the thing. Um, it's, it's, less we t- it's less about right and wrong. Guard, guardrails, it, is you, if you're new to the discussion, you'll find out quickly, it's not necessarily about right and wrong and rules and laws. It's really about living wisely. We said it this way, walking, walking wisely. We talked about that the first week we were together. Walking wisely is this. It's asking this question at key points in time in your life. In light of my past experiences, present circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, not what is the right thing to do, but what is the wise thing to do. There are times where, especially if you're a Christian, you might look at Scripture, you might look at what God's law has to say about life and make a decision about what to do or not to do based on what you see. But honestly, this series is a little bit different than that. It's more about wise living. It's more about placing guardrails for yourself. It's not necessarily about right and wrong for for everybody else. It's really about right and wrong for you. What you feel like is is too far, like something that might get you into trouble in the future, those are the areas that you need a guardrail. And really, we talked about this last time as well, only you can figure that out, right? No one's going to keep guardrails for you. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. Um, No one's going to decide this for you. It's something that you have to decide to do yourself, and honestly, you, you, the way we set up guardrails is you think to yourself, okay, in li- it's regardless of what's right or wrong, in light of, okay, financially, in light of my past experience with my finances, my present circumstances with debt and, and what I have in the bank, and my future hopes and dreams, what I want for retirement, what I want to do to pay for college for my kids, in light of all of those things, what's the wise thing to do spending right now. What's the wise thing to do in debt? And we'll talk about, we'll actually talk about money in a few weeks. But that's, that's how we set up guardrails is we ask this question, okay, what's the wise thing to do? And, and when we set up those guardrails, it gives us a margin of error between us and disaster. Um, a guardrail is simply this. A personal, when we're talking about it, a guardrail for our discussion is this. A personal line that is uncomfortable for you to cross. And what I like about this conversation is regardless of what your faith background is, regardless if you would call yourself a Christian or you're, you wouldn't consider yourself a church person, regardless of, of all of that, this is a conversation we can all have because the guardrail is, is a personal line that, that we create that is uncomfortable for you to cross. You're not holding it against anybody else. You're not saying this is how everybody should live your life. You're saying just for me personally, when it comes to these things, this is what I do and this is what I don't do. And again, the idea of a guardrail is to put it in safety zone, put it in a, a zone where it's like, oh, shoot, I, you know, like, uh, I don't feel comfortable with this. There's enough time to react to it so that destruction doesn't happen. Bad things don't happen. And so today we're going to talk about that re- in specifically in the area of friendships, our associates, the people we run with, the people we work with, the people we play with. And our big idea for this morning is this, that your friends influence the direction and the quality of your life. That your friends, and and, and hear me adults, I'm really glad, like what I love about Sunday morning is we've got everybody from 13 to a lot older than 13 in the room and, and hear me out, if you're an adult, they, I want you to know your friends still influence the direction and the quality of your life. 
If you're young in the room, I'm really glad you're here because you get to get this right early on and get this working for you. But you just, just a couple examples from my own life of, of where I've seen this at play. One of the biggest debacles I ever got into um, with my parents involved me, my friend Brandon Crony, and his sh brown Chevy Cavalier that we affectionately named the Turd. Now, some of you are familiar with the turd because I've talked about the turd in, in past sermons before. But long story short, without going into all the details, Brandon Crony and I um, were, were two of the youngest guys in our whole class. I have a late July birthday, and I think he had like an early September birthday, so it was even worse for him. And so at age 15 and a half, we could not wait to start driving, so we didn't. <laughs> we just started driving the turd. I'll never forget the day that, that Brandon just drove up in my driveway, just him with the turd. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I just, I just want to go for a drive. You want to come with? I was like, sure. And so, you know, started with a, a, shorter, a short drive, which led to longer drives, which led to trying to find the big hills in our county to see if we could break 100 in the turd, which led to the, getting the, air, the turd airborne not once but twice which led to flat tires, which led to lying about flat tires, which led to, I kid you not, a 70-foot, uh, what's it called? A 70-foot um, um, tread mark? What? Skid mark. Thank you. Down my driveway into my lawn. I can't make this stuff up. I we were so busted. It was ridiculous. Obviously, we got caught and I, needless to say, I did not get my license on my birthday. Why? Because our friends influenced the direction and quality of our lives. <laughs> a, a little more recent story, I've been climbing 14 or since I was in college, and a couple years ago, I met a guy named Jesse Matner, um, who's actually here today, and um, he suggested that we do not just one 14er, but let's do two 14ers. And, and if you've done 14ers before, you know there's quite a few for, uh, pairs of 14ers in the state that are like kind of right next to each other. Like you climb up one and, and an hour or two later you climb, you know, like you're able to kind of pair them up. He suggested too that we're not even remotely close to each other. And he suggested we don't use a car to get from one another, but to link them together. And, and so um, <laughs> the end result was a 28-mile day where we got lost in the dark, in the wet, in the cold, in the steep aspen-choked hellhole. I was really questioning my decisions in life at this moment. You know, like, like he said, it'll be fun, he said. You know, let's do two 14ers in one day, he said. Let's chase our destinies into the sunset, he said. About... About, the, you know, between miles 26 and 28, when, when this hike became literally a marathon, I started to think to myself, the, reflect on this one truth about life, that your friends <laughs> influence and sometimes determine the direction and quality of our lives. Most recently, a couple months ago, um, a lot of you know I, I, I just lost my dad two months ago, that my dad passed away. And um, 
I got a, a couple, like two or three, four days after I got a text from my other friend, my better friend named Jesse, Jesse Cox. And, uh, sorry, bro. And um, he said, hey, you want to come over? We're going to go to Rourke's house and um, have a bonfire. And we just, a couple guys there, we want to be there for you. And so I went over to, to Rourke's house and um, sipping whiskey, smoking cigars, and for probably 30, 40 minutes, I just kind of processed what was going through my, my heart, my emotions, my, um, w- the last 72 hours of what had happened with losing my dad and what, what that meant for my future, what I was afraid of and what I was hoping for, all of these things. And it was this incredible time. Um, if my mom was here, she would be very honest with you that she probably cries every day. But you know what else happens every day? Every day, she's been telling me three, maybe four people text her, friends text her or call her and just check in and say, hey, how, how are you doing? You, are you okay? And as I reflect on like what, what the road looks like going forward for my family, I, I start to, to realize that you know, we're going to be okay. And a big part of that reason of why we're going to be okay is because of our friends. Because our friends influence the direction and the quality of our lives, right? And you see, like, like and, and we could all tell, I could, we could, I could pass the microphone around and we could share stories of, you know, things that you've done in the past with friends, you know, hand in hand. And, and you could also share stories of when a friend has really, really come in at just the right time and, and puts you on the right path, helped you get on the right path. And see, what I'm trying to get us to see this morning is that dynamic, really, and how powerful that dynamic is for for better and for worse in our lives. Our friends really do affect a lot. They affect and influence and sometimes even determine, some of us have seen that in our own kids, where they just got in with the wrong crowd and that just led to this, this years of heartbreak. Maybe that's your own story. Our friends influence and sometimes even determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And, and, and see, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. because See, what, what makes uh, friendship dangerous, the fact that we can be led astray, also is the same thing that makes friendship wonderful. See, it's, it's within our friend groups, it's within the, our closest relationships when we get together with a group of people that we trust that we're able to let our guard down. It's, it's where we're able to, to be ourselves. It's where able, we're able to kind of take a breath and, and relax. And when we do that, we start going in that direct, this, whatever direction that group of people are going, wherever we relax, whoever we relax with, we start going with. And see, in a lot of cases, that's a good thing. And in some cases, it's not. And at the very least, my goal for us this morning is just to simply have you be aware of that dynamic in your own life. To kind of admit, you know, like, yeah, maybe I thought about this years ago, but I haven't thought about it recently in this regard. It's just to get you thinking. And then maybe, maybe a goal might be for me is, is, is maybe... To, 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 for you to take steps towards making that dynamic work for you. Some of it, for some of us, that might mean we have to set up guardrails and, and, and maybe 
change and define the nature of a relationship or a group of people. And for some of us, it might mean we need to just chase after certain people and certain relationships. But I want that to be working for you. There's a passage in the book of Proverbs that really embodies this this, um, dynamic perfectly. It, it, It kind of, in two lines, it just captures everything that we've talked about thus far and, and even more. It's found in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. I, when I memorized this verse a, a long time ago, and the, the translation I memorized it is, um, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but... A companion of fools suffers harm. See, there's this, this, the guy who wrote this was named Solomon, and he lived 3,000 years ago. And, and if you've read the book of Proverbs, it's a great book. Like, honestly, if you're new to Bible study, I said this a few weeks ago, Proverbs is a great place to start. If you'd like to kind of like, like check out what the Bible's about, this is not a bad place to start. And there's just a bunch of different Proverbs that he kind of collected over the years. Some of them he wrote, some of them he heard. And they're having to do with everything in life when it comes to romance, to, to everything from romance, to, to finances, to friendships. And, and here he writes down, he says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. See, he's like, walk with the wise. When we talked about wisdom two weeks ago, the importance of wisdom in this day and age. And wisdom is just basically say, seeing that Everything that we do, it's kind of connected to our, it's, you know, t- connected to each other. That what I do I, 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 on Friday night has effects into Saturday. And what I do into my 20s affects my 30s. And it's wisdom, you know, like, it, and, and that's why that question that we be- began with, in light of my past experiences, my present circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, that just thinking about those three things, that ha- it really helps us to see what's connected and that we're able to, s- that all of those things are connected. And that we, and then it starts, to, we start to think about, okay, what's the wise thing to do? That's what it means to be wise. And, and, and Solomon is very passionate about wisdom. And he says this, if you walk with people who are wise, guess what happens? You become wiser. That wisdom is actually contagious. That, that there's this dynamic in place that just by simply being around people who are wise, you will become more wise. See, it turns out that like close counts for not just horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> it counts in friendship as well. That if you're with wise people, you're just going to become wise yourself. That's good news. If you, in fact, if you... If you're in here and you say, I've kind of had a hard time figuring out what the right thing to do or the wise thing to do is in the past, take consolation. There's actually, a, there's a hack right here. <laughs> you don't have to figure it all out yourself. Just go find some wise people. Find some people that are, and, and, and then not just find them, but what would Solomon say? Walk with them. Do life with them. Pursue them. Let them have influence 
on your life. Come to them. Look to them when you have decisions to make. Hey, I'm thinking about this. What would you do? Oh, interesting. Do that, and you will become more wise. The next line is so interesting because if he says this, because he kind of flips it around. Like Proverbs are, you know, like you've got this over here and you've got this over here. They're very black and white. They're very matter of fact. This is how life is. And if you go this way, it'll work this way. But if you go this way, this will happen. So he says, you know, you walk with the wise, you grow wise. But, and and he, he's going to flip it to the fool. You know he'll flip it to the fool next because that's the kind of the, the recipe for a proverb. But guess what he doesn't say next? Don't look at it. Look at me. He doesn't say... You know, walk with the wise and grow wise, but, you know, walk with a fool and become a fool. What does he say? He says this. He says, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And I think he says this not because he it doesn't agree with it. I think he just assumes, like, dude, if you're going to get wise by just being by wise people, of course, when you're with foolish people, you're going to become more foolish. He, but he takes it a step further. He says, walk with the wise. You know Why? Because a companion of fools suffers harm. Because you, you know what a fool is? A fool is a person who doesn't think that it's all connected. He's like, oh, we can, we can, go, out on, we can go out tonight. We'll, we'll just, let's just have fun. Let's just go, let's go all out. It doesn't matter. You only live once. See, a fool thinks about these things, thinks about ways life this way, that this, what I do today is not connected tomorrow. Today, tomorrow, let's worry about Tomorrow, you know, like, isn't there a scripture, you know, let work tomorrow, worry about tomorrow? <laughs> a fool quotes that kind of stuff. And then lives life how they feel. They're not careful. They live lives for today. And see, here, here's, the, here's what where Solomon's trying to get with it. He's like, listen, fools, they don't care about tomorrow. They don't care, you know, like, in some senses, they might not even care if it, what tomorrow hurts. And if they don't care about their tomorrow, do you think a fool's going to care about yours? Even though you're their friend? No. Do you think they're going to care about their finances in the future? Do you think they're going to care about, the, you know, like the, if they don't care about theirs, they're not going to care about yours. And here's the other thing is, like, some of you have experienced this as well. Like, I've been in the back of a cop car for something that I didn't do but because of who I was with when he did it. Because a companion of fools suffers harm. You don't have to do everything that a fool does to, to, to pay the punishment of a fool if you're close enough. <laughs> when their life implodes, if you're right next to them, your life might implode with them. See, this dynamics, I, I, love, I love the Proverbs because it's 3,000 years old, and yet, like, some of this stuff is just spot on. A few, a few months ago, we did a series called The Big Three, and we talked about the key relationships in our lives, the three big relationships in our lives. And we talked about how when we spend time with someone, when we talk with someone, when we, like, lock eyes with someone, when we, or when we hold hands with someone, or when we're, we laugh with someone, that our brains actually kind of sync up that there's this synchronization that happens with our, like literally, you know, like the phrase getting on the same wavelength is actually a real thing neurologically. We're starting to find out in the last couple decades as we're studying our brains, as we're able to study our brains deeper, what is actually happening when we're with people. There's this neuroscientist um, from Northwestern, his name's Moran Cerf. 
And he, he wrote this. I don't have the quote on the board, but it says this. The more we study engagement, that is, as a neuroscience, the more we get into the science of what happens when we hang out together. The more we study engagement, we see time and time again that just being next to certain people actually aligns our brains with them. You see, see like, like, you know, walk with the wise, grow wise, fame you fool, selfish harm. He goes on to say, if people want to, he, he, he draws this conclusion based on the fact that just even being around somebody, we start to mimic them, we start to synchronize with them, we start to, you know, do the same things. He's like, in light of that, if people want to maximize happiness, that's me, and minimize stress, that's you. <laughs> okay, don't we all want happiness and, and to minimize stress? They should build a life that requires fewer decisions by doing this. He says, by surrounding themselves with people who embody the traits they prefer. Isn't that interesting? If you want, you want a less stressful life, you want a happier life, surround yourself with people that you want to be like. Surround yourself with people whose lives you like, whose goals are your goals. Who, who, you know, like, who look at the life the way that you look at life or want, who want the same things out of life that you want out of life. Over time, they'll naturally pick up those desirable attitudes and behaviors, he concludes. Why? Because if you walk with the wise, you'll grow wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. And, and we can say, yeah, yeah, I, I've got this friend. We, we hang out sometimes. But I don't do what he does. And <laughs> Moran Surf would say, but you will eventually. You hang out with him enough and you will. You'll start to pick up. And even if you don't, if you're close enough when their life explodes, you might get hurt yourself. See, proximity matters when it comes to the people that we spend time with. Now, here two points, two things that I want to say. A if you're hearing me say this and you're like, Pastor, that's really judgmental. I mean, like, I, I, it, like am I supposed to cut out my friends or, like, ho start holding these standards, holding them to these standards? I'd say, absolutely not. <laughs> like, like, it is not our job to hold standards for other people. And see, that when we do we start doing something that the church has become known to do, which is becoming what? Judgmental. See, to be judgmental is to hold people to standards they're not holding themselves to, nor do they want to. Don't do that. But by all means, Solomon say, don't, you know, like, don't worry about them, but, but it don't, don't be judgmental, but very much keep good judgment. In light of your past experiences, your present circumstances, your future hopes and dreams, in light of how, uh, um, um, in light of, of how much we influence one another just by being with one another, be careful. Use good judgment. You know, like, like, think about who you surround yourself with, because there's a lot at stake. Don't be judgmental, but definitely, like, come on, can we all agree, like, yeah. Don't be judgmental, but it's your life. 
We're talking about your life here. We're talking about the direction of your life. Where you want to go, your hopes and dreams kind of depend on this in part. So use good judgment. And at the very least, here's another thing I want to say, like I want to kind of take a pause away from the idea of guardrails, because some of us, some of us have, had, have set up really good guardrails. Some of us can think back to times where it's like, at that, for me, there was one time, a really crucial point in time in my life, I, I, I intentionally and purposely made the decision to stop hanging out with a group of people, and it was one of the best decisions I've made in my life. That my parents helped me sort through it and that kind of stuff. Like, like there's times where that's important like to set that guardrail, and maybe you can think back to some of them yourself. But I want to pause for a second from the idea of guardrails, and I want us to reflect on the fact, okay, he who walks with the wise grows wise. This works in every area of life. If you want to grow professionally, one of the best things you can do is find a professional that you admire and just kind of stick around them. Or if you want to, to up your game with physical fitness, go find somebody who, you know, runs faster than you and go run with them, right? We know that this works in all areas of life. I want to talk about it here spiritually for a second. I mean, we're in church here, right? If, if you're, maybe if you're here this morning, it's because you're open to spiritual things. You're, you might, you're probably open to, to spiritual things. Maybe you want, even you would say you're, you want your faith to grow. Maybe you're a Christian, you say, I want to be more, become more like Jesus Christ. And then maybe in the same breath, you might say, but I have a hard time understanding scripture. Or, or I wish I knew more about this. Or I wish, I wish like I prayed more. Okay, Question. If this is you, do you hang out with people who pray? Do you pray with people who pray? Do you, do, you, do you spend time with people who know how to read the Bible? Do you want to become more generous? Like, man, you know, like our finances every year just seems like they kind of get away of us. I wish we gave more. Question. Get your finances in order. Yeah, go to, go to like, you know, a class or whatever. Of course, read a book on all of these things, of course, right? But, but do yourself a huge favor. Probably maybe even more powerful than any book you can read, than anything you can do, is attach yourself to somebody who's generous. Find somebody who's been very generous in life and, and, and start doing life with them. And just see what happens. See what God does. I talk to people all the time. They're like, man, I just, I, I got to get back in the church. It's like, yeah, it's a good step. It, but Sunday morning isn't it. Like, like I think, honestly, our spiritual lives, uh, I mean, I just thought of this, but like, I, I think that our spiritual lives, what, what happens on Friday night with our friends and the people that we surround ourselves with has as much of effect on our faith as what we're doing on Sunday morning. Because your friends influence and sometimes even determine the direction and the quality of your life. Here, listen, if you've been a Christian for forever, let's say, for a long, long time, I, I would honestly, I would encourage you, like, when's the last time that you sought somebody out who's further along spiritually than you are and just said, I'm going to hang with you for a little bit. <laughs> and they'll probably say, cool. 
hey, will you teach me? And like the disciples came to Jesus when, when they were walking around, and, and, and one of the days they're like, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Like, we don't, you, you're different. The way you look at life, the way you pray, it's different. Would you teach us how to pray? And see, see, and what he did is he taught them how to pray. You know why? Because he, they were his disciples. And see, in the Christian faith, and I want to I encourage us, like if you've struggled in your faith and it's just like oh, year after year, you wish there was more, you wish you had a better connection with God, and you see people who have that connection, you're like, I, don't, I just don't get it. And you wonder if it's not for you because of that. One of the things that you have to recognize is God, the way that he set it up, is there's no substitute for this thing called discipleship. There just isn't. In fact, at the end, the very last words that Jesus said to his disciples was, go into all the world, preaching in my name, baptizing them, and disciple, making disciples. His, 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 um, his recipe for how we become like him is to be with each other, to come along wise, older Christians and allow them to pour into us. And as a result, we become stronger. We, be, we grow. Our faith grows. And without that, we don't grow. That's his design. That's the way he made it to be. He wants us to walk with each other. He wants us to walk with the wise and become wise. All right, here, to wrap up, I've got five things. You could call them relational guardrails, um, but really, honestly, like, uh, this is not me saying you should take these guardrails. These are, th these are ideas, these are possible guardrails that would help you think about what, where you might need guardrails in your life relationally. That honestly, it's just to get you thinking. Number one, your conscience should light up. Like, I, 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 like, like, you might decide that I want my conscience to light up when it dawns on me that my core group of people is not moving in the direction that I want to be moving. Like, the people that I, I find myself talking to the most, hanging out with the most in my free time, not at work, but, it, 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 you know, like, when I've got time, this is just who I call. If you want to harness the idea of like, like, your, like your friends influencing you in the right direction spiritually or, or just you know, like in life in general, if you think about your core group of people and you're like, man, that core group doesn't have the same values as I do, I think your conscience should light up. I think that, that, that should at least cause you to pause and think, hmm, it's interesting because I wonder if where they're going, if they might lead me there. Because that's just kind of how it works. Sure, you love the same things, the same music, the same activities. Maybe you have similar career paths. But when it dawns on you, like, like th there's a lot of things that maybe say, these are my people. But when it dawns on you, like, you know, when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to goals as a father, when it comes to uh, um, the idea of, like, the character I want to have, we just don't have, we don't see life the same way. It's cause for pause. Number two, when you catch yourself pretending to be something other than who you truly are, when you catch yourself pretending to be someone that you're not, 
when you're with these people. And, and not only that you're pretending, but there's pressure to, to pretend. It, like, you're like, I could be honest. With, I disagree with that, but like, that's going to be hard for me to bring up right now. I, that should be a red flag. That should kind of light up your conscience and should make you reconsider like the, the, the nature of this relationship. Like if they're, you know, they're, they're saying something, you're like nodding your head and you're like, no, uh-uh, that's, I don't see life that way or I, I don't agree with that or I'm not sure that we should be thinking or talking this way. And you can't bring that up to them because you're afraid like you, that might actually harm and hinder the relationship somehow. It's not a good sign. And, and your conscience should light up if that's the case. Because here's the thing. The longer you do that, <laughs> the less you become yourself. The less you're able to be yourself. And you pretend long enough, you start pretending to be someone. You're not. We've all done that before. You know that feeling. When you feel that, pay attention to that. Third, I think your conscience should light up when you feel pressure to compromise. And, and see, see, I think, this is guardrails, I think it should happen before you compromise. I think you should put the guardrail in place like, wait, 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 wait. I'm feeling pressure to, to maybe compromise. And here's another way of putting it. When something that wasn't a temptation before suddenly becomes a live option, <laughs> I think your conscience would be like, what's going on? Your brain should be like, light up and be like, wait, 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 what? If you travel for a living, like if, if your job causes you to travel a lot, be really careful of this one. I was thinking about this a lot this week because a lot of us do travel. Because on the road, it's easy to quickly find ourselves in social situations where all of a sudden it feels like we're in high school again. <laughs> Christy was talking, we were talking about this last night in the, and she was telling me about some of the stories from her last job and just, like, some of the things that people would do at conferences and, you know, like, in, in hotel rooms. And it's like, I'm sorry, how old were they? You know? And it's like, no, this is just what happens. But here's what's interesting is there's a lot, there can be a lot of social pressure in the situation because that's your boss. That's a potential client. That's a coworker that you have to, like, you know, like, you can't just walk away from them. You're going to be hanging out with them a lot in the future. So drawing that line, it's, it's going to cause damage like guardrails do, right? But they minim guardrails are meant to minimize damage. It cause damage maybe relationally with that person so that it doesn't cause damage relationally with your husband or wife or your kids. That's what guardrails do when you feel pressure to compromise, that, that should just, like, something should just click inside you be like, wait, wait, I see that. And then you should ask, what's the wise thing to do? Your conscience should flag when you find yourself thinking, I'll, I'll go, but I won't participate. I'll go, but like, you know, and I know there's going to be some stuff there, and they'll, they'll be doing that thing, but I just won't do it. Now listen, listen, listen. Maybe you'll still go, but I think you should at least think about it. You should flag and be like, okay, I know there's going to be stuff going on. What's the wise thing to do? And you might decide, you know, it's okay. I'm still going to go or I need to go because of this. But, like, like if you find yourself thinking, I'll go, but I won't participate, just, just pause for a second. Would you buy that from your 14-year-old daughter? 
hey, Dad, you know, we're just going to go. And, and like, there might, you know, like, there might be some beer there, and there, there's some guys. I don't really know them. But, like, I won't participate. And you're like, yeah, honey, um, you can go, but I'm going to go with you, okay? That's the only way you're going is I'm going with you. So do you still want to go? Okay, no, good. Let's, let's uh, you want to watch Harry Potter? You know, like, just like, let's, what is it? If, if you find, like, listen, listen, if, if, if you wouldn't buy that from your 14-year-old daughter, why would you buy it for yourself, from yourself, you know? Like, why go there? doesn't mean you don't go, but, like, it, it should give you a, a, a case for pause. Last one, and I think maybe this is the best one. Your conscience should flag when you hope the people that you care about don't know about your whereabouts. The people who care about you most, if you find yourself thinking, I can go there and they'll never even know. That should, I think that should light us up. And I think that's a really, I think honestly that's a really, really good one. Because a lot of times when we are having a hard time sorting it out, what it causes us to do is it help, it gives our loved ones the chance to so help us sort it out objectively a lot of times. If you find yourself thinking, yeah, yeah, like, like uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I should go, like, but I think I can do it and my wife won't know. Or my sister, she, she won't know. Or my, you're like, like, I'll go with these friends, but like, I think I can go with these friends and these friends will never find out. I just won't post it on Facebook. That should, there, there should be a disconnect here. When the people that care about you the most you're hoping they don't know about your whereabouts? Don't go. Like, it's just probably a good, good idea to not go there because they care about you. They love you. And they're concerned you should follow that concern. Now, okay, everybody, everybody kind of wiggle a little bit. Everybody move. If this feels really extreme to you, and you're like, yeah, I could see where this would be a good high school talk, but I, I'm an adult. Listen, listen, listen. This is, seems over the top or extremely limited. May, who knows? Maybe your guardrails are different. And that's fine. They're your guardrails. But at least have them. But he, let, me just, let, me just put, let me just put this out there. Could it be? That the reason that they feel so extreme, the reason they feel like a, a little bit out there or, or like uh, over the top, is because you don't have guardrails. And so the idea of even putting down guardrails is like, it, it, it seems limiting because they are. They, they, they are necessarily limiting. Uh, maybe like, like, um, Maybe the truth is, um, oh, I lost my, my place. I always do this every, on a good sermon. I lose my place at least once. Um, maybe the reason it feels so s extreme is because we, we, the wise, we, we haven't set up guardrails. The wise thing feels extreme, and therefore the wise thing feels extreme because we're not living wisely. And this is, only you can decide what to do with this, but let me just end by saying this. As a friend of, of, of a lot of people that have wa I've walked, I've had the privilege of walking through life with a lot of different people. 
I know that there, we can live life in such a way where we wake up sometimes in the morning and we look in the mirror and we say, how did I get here? This is not what I wanted. This is not where I want to be. This is not who I want to be. And, and some of us, I know, like I know some of our stories and that's our stories. We, like this point in time where we look in the mirror like, what happened? And as I've walked with people, had the privilege of walking people through this, one of the things that, that as we're kind of piecing things together is we start to recognize, man, if you had had guardrails there, you would not have been here. And, and one of the things that, like, it's really hard for, for people, like, in that moment, it's really hard to sort out when you're looking in the mirror, like, how did I get here? It's really hard to sort out and make the connection, but it's there that you took for, for granted that the, the, your regret came along with the people that you met. That, that part of the reason, and why I hate those moments and why, why um, my heart goes out is the confusion. Because conf it can be so confusing. And like, I don't, know, I, I don't know how I got here, but this is not where I want to be. And a lot of times we got there, a big portion of how we got there is who we got there with. And it can, be easy to it can be easy to miss that or to fail to recognize that. And, and the beautiful thing about this today is you don't have to. You get a moment in time right now to, to think about this. And, and if you're young, if you're, if you're 20-something or, or younger, you get a chance to do this right the first time. And if you're older, you get a chance to, to, to maybe make guardrails, but even maybe in, on the flip side, do the wise thing and, and partner with wise people and change the trajectory and direction and quality of your life as a result. And if you're a person of faith, can I just say this, and this will be the last thing. See, our desire here at church, at this church, is to invite you into a relationship with God, and that's every single one of us, regardless if you've invited God into your life a long time ago. My hope for every Sunday, and we pray this as a team, is like, Lord, would we invite you into our lives even more? And if faith has been one of these things that's just been hard for you to understand, hard to, like, I, I don't quite get it, one of the ways that might help move you in your faith is, is to invite God into your lives and into your life in this way, specifically in this way, not just invite Jesus into your heart, although that's a huge part of it. But take this occasion to invite God's way of life into your life when it comes to this. And to do things a little bit differently. See, we can pursue him through the people that we pursue. We, we pr can pursue him through the people who are closest to us. That's a gift. Again, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. We can just, this is, it's kind of like a hack. We can just do this anytime because your friends influence the direction and the quality of your life, of mine, and they still do. What are you going to do about that? Let me pray.